Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Emerging Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike, your host, alongside my compadres, Jay Woodson, McLean Boyd. How are you, gents? Well, we're back to that. I'm good. Oh, yeah. damn it. I know we're back to that. It's been a couple of weeks. I forgot. I forgot we were trying to avoid that. Jeez. I think nine people just signed off right then. <laughs> we, we do apologize for no show last week uh, with Memorial Day. Some of us were traveling and then other schedule conflicts. McLean was working. So um took a week off. The tour took a week off. So we we took a week off. But we're back. We back. Ultimately, guys, Mike is doing this to avoid any rollback conversations. No, uh, I'm not doing that at all. You're the it, one that was working last week and said you couldn't do it. So now, <laughs> now we're playing the fucking blame game. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jay and I were trying to do a show last week and couldn't get our schedules together. You I, clearly were out. I was in on Monday. Well, Jay and I were both traveling back from South Carolina on Monday. So, so you mean you guys were in the car together and we could have done it? No, no, we weren't together. We were on opposite <laughs> sides of the state. Okay. He was in Just Charleston. Checking. I was in Greenville, very far away from each other. Yeah. Converged yeah, sure. here. Sure. Yeah. Whatever works for you guys. I mean, it would have been a great show. We could have recorded it from the cars. Jay and I both in our cars. I'm sure, their families would have loved that. Audio would have been great. That could have been good. That could have been good. Well, my, both of my boys were uh, had their headsets on, and they had their screens in front of them, or they were watching a movie on the the flip down. So they didn't. They wouldn't have cared one way or the other. Aaron would have been the one that would have been upset. <laughs> She uh, she could have made it through the first fifteen minutes. She's pretty good for fifteen minutes of the of the pod. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into a little golf, what what you got? Any guys got any football takes? We're, we're prime football season. Um, I mean, I I do feel I bad for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I feel bad for him. I mean, I, I know that Mike, you picked him in a couple leagues that we're in, and you bashed the guy because you think he's a narcissistic, egotistical douchebag. Which I think you probably a you lot left, of people you left out underachiever, but that was that under, was about it. You got it all. I don't know if I'd call him an underachiever. I mean, he is a two or three time MVP, only one Super Bowl, but one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I feel bad. I get hurt for a season, like be, oh yeah, I mean, I definitely feel bad for the guy. Um, and I feel bad for the Jets fans because they they came in. I mean, they actually had a good setup, good defense, good offensive line. They they've got two great running backs. One coming off of a you know major knee surgery, but played his tail off. We saw, and then you know Garrett Wilson. Um, obviously, everyone had him you know pumped up. So, I, you know the Jets the Jets offense took a big big um, tick backwards when when he got hurt, which is kind of a bummer. But you lose you lose me when you say you feel bad for the Jets fans because that I'll never say. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. From where I mean, they they've sucked for a long time. That's all right. They can keep sucking. <laughs> Hang on. Let's just let's let's take a step back for a second. I just did some quick quick googling here. Again, making up my own words. Some uh, googling. Googling as a part of his deal. It included a fifty-eight point three million dollar bonus due no later than week one of the two thousand twenty-three season. So the guy just made like what what is that like 16 million dollars per down 
for the 2023 <laughs> season. I mean, what are we saying here? Like, yeah, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. Um, I, I'm with Jay to, <laughs> to as a football fan of losing teams, to have all this hope, and we know how ride or die Jets fans are, that to lose that hope that quick is oh. unfathomable. But on the backside of it, when I when I sit back, I'm I'm not I don't feel bad for Rodgers. He's going to sit on the sideline and just collect his cash, which he collected damn near sixty million this week. So he's he's not. Well, well, what was the total? What was the total contract with incentives? And I mean, obviously, you know, he's got he there's a lot a of things based contract. Into that. Revised contract versus 112 million for three years, 75 million of the contracts fully guaranteed. Okay. Uh, well, that's but still, I mean, even 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 a player like that. So you take a guy who's been playing for 20 years, he's 39 years old, and you got a lot of guarantees in this contract, which is this is why they do these these contracts. They're not hundred percent guaranteed for shit like this, but I mean, for a player, you're like, one, he wants to compete. He wants to try to win. Two, geez, I mean, as much as I, as much money as I'm going to make with my guaranteed contract, there's still another 15, 20 million that he could have made if he had just, just played the rest of the season. Not even, he didn't have to be an MVP. Just play the season and just do what you've done for the last 20 years. And that's another 15, 20 million. You know, that's, well, and he's, yeah, he'll still uh, provided he can come back, you know, and play the next two years. Uh, yeah. He which, might be done though. They they say that he's going to come back. I mean, a grant, granted, this is this day one of this of this, of this injury, but the doctors say he can come back, come back from this. Kobe came back from it and still played three or four years. Granted, he was in his thirties. Maybe a little different, and Rodgers is you know right on the cusp of being forty, which we all know. Well, I shouldn't say we all know. I know just, how. Just you. I know how shitty that is. So, <laughs> um, but again, I've been out of the game for quite a while, and he's still playing you know competitive football at thirty nine years old, which is in, it's incredible. So I don't know. It's 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 I don't know. It's, I don't care who it is, even if it's not even a player that I like. When I see somebody go through like a season-ending injury, it's just it's just such a it's a so deflating, you know. I was kind of looking forward to watching the whole spectacle that is Aaron Rodgers and what comes with him in New York, media scrutiny, the fan scrutiny. Like I was kind of I was kind of like gonna enjoy watching that. Um, wasn't really gonna enjoy having to face him twice. Uh, as a Patriots fan in the AFC, or you could have, or you could have beaten him twice. Could have beaten him. Yeah, I yeah. didn't say we were going to lose. I wasn't looking forward to having to play him twice. But uh, yeah, and then like I, I got Jay. I said in that chat earlier today in our fancy football league, I have hated the guy and bashed the guy for years, and I panicked this year. It was a run on quarterbacks, and I, I'm like, you know what? I think he's going to have a decent year. He's got something to prove. I have Garrett Wilson on my team. I'm like, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. So for the first time in my life, I had to fucking root for Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. And he goes down four plays into the game. I hadn't even finished putting my girls to bed yet. And I got a notification on my phone that he was getting carted off. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, what I'd have given to been in that owner suite last night. <laughs> I mean, he, someone's sitting in there 60 million light. And they're going, holy shit. 
Speaking of the owner suite, that's another reason why I don't feel bad for the Jets. Did you see fucking see Woody Johnson yesterday hmm. with that chain around his neck that said Woody? <laughs> so Seventy-eight-year-old man, or however that's the hell old he is, so his, weird. His <laughs> so shirt weird. unbuttoned in this big ash chain that said Woody. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? This is why I don't like you. <laughs> I'm so bizarre. <laughs> You'll never, uh, you'll never get a, someone from Boston to say they feel bad for a New York team. That's that's fair. It's fair. <laughs> We've been pissing on them for decades now. Yeah, especially especially New York football. It's been pretty bad for a, for a long time. I mean, you did have two wins with uh, with uh, the drunken Eli Manning, but uh, Eli had a couple there. Yeah, yeah. At the at the at the expense of Tom Brady and Wes Welker. Was it Wes Welker who dropped the pass? Yeah. Yeah. They were talking about that earlier today. That was funny. Did you see the clip of uh or the I think I sent it maybe it was a different different group group chat. It's a picture of uh Tom Brady wearing a Jets uniform and said Tom Brady has a chance to do something really oh. funny. Oh god. <laughs> play for play for the Jets. They were like great, you know, two great running backs. A great receiving core, a top-notch offensive line, a great defense. Um, and they were like, "This is like a perfect scenario for Tom Brady just to walk into for one year and just take it to the house." <laughs> uh, as he just had his ceremony. Yeah, I know at at the at, at the Pat at Stadium, Foxborough, telling everyone it was going to be a Patriot for life. If he then turned around and signed with the New York Jets, I think I think actually Belichick would kill him. <laughs> like, he, he would act like actually kill him. They'd be heading out for 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 TV twelve. Oh man! Anyways, it is it is good. It's football back. College football, NFL football. It is fun. Um, Speaking of college football, I mean, without going too deep, I I, I feel like the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think the tide is a turning. As they would say, and they are on the, they're on the down, the down tick here. I feel like they're fading fast. And Texas is a really good team, so I'm yeah, not that's a, that's a good taking anything away from they them. Lost to. I feel like they are in the last two or three years. I feel like they just, I mean, they've had a great run, but I feel like that dynasty is starting to move the other way. Might have a little less talent than they've used to. Yeah. I think the NIL thing, the whole that whole thing has changed the landscape. Now you're getting some players that are going to some universities that they would normally not go to because they've got some deals worked out. So whatever deals that Nick Saban had worked out with players in the past, uh, I don't think they're getting not the same cutting deals anymore. Now. It's not cutting anymore. So now I think they're. It, it, I think it's going to change for sure, and it, we're already seeing it. You know, well before he could just just. Say, hey, you're going to play for the best team in the country and you're going to win a national championship. You know, yeah, that was all I needed to sell the program. I think in the next, I think in the next five years, this is kind of a bold statement. I think in the next five years, we're going to see a team win the, win the, the college uh, playoff that is not a, uh, a, well, you can't even say this now, but they're not going to be a uh, power five school, which obviously Pac 12 is. Not is non-existent, but it's going to be non-existent. So, <laughs> power power four schools, 
So I think we're going to see a team win the the college football playoffs that's not in one of the the top four conferences in the next five years. I think Deion Sanders will be a national champion. I don't know what school he will be with, but I think he will be a national champion. Uh, He might not be in college football for that long. (laughs) I think he will because his recruiting, um, what he can do from a recruiting standpoint, stands more – it provides him more of an avenue than it does in pro football. Maybe you're right there. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a shit ton of 18-year-old kids that are going to go play football for him. And it I don't I don't think Colorado for another year or two, maybe at, at most. I think he's gonna have a massive school come after him and say, All right, here's fifty million dollars a year. Just go out and do it. Maybe not fifty, but still it's gonna he's gonna set a record as the highest paid college coach of all time. And I think with his recruiting prowess and obviously what he has the ability to do from a coaching standpoint, um, he's gonna have, you know, a Georgia um, I don't want to say Clemson or, or Alabama, but you know, there's going to be a massive school that comes after him. Texas. I mean, there, there's a bunch of schools out there that would benefit from someone that's able to speak more to their players. I mean, even look at Alabama. I mean, you know, Nick Saban, not taking anything away from him or what he's done with his program, but when it comes to recruiting standpoint, who can re- relate more closely with his players, Dion or Nick Saban? Well, Nick Saban's not going to have yeah. any more years of coaching either. It's exactly right. So it, yeah. just, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go to a major football dynasty in the next two years if he continues doing what he's done at Jackson State and what he's already done at Colorado. I mean, Colorado could be a you know playoff team this year, uh, which is crazy to yeah. say this early on. But my God, do they look good? And how about his son Shadur? That kid, good, is, good, good player, good player, out gets it. So. We'll see. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool to see something like that happen. Um, someone come in and be disruptive the way he has been. And it'll be really unique to follow them the rest of the season and see what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's It's been fun to watch. I mean, he's he's pretty vocal and sometimes can be, uh, for lack of a better word, annoying. Bombastic. Um, yeah. I mean, but I – I think he's he's entertaining. He's fun. I think he's a great recruiter. I think you can get away with that in college football. Um, you can be a great recruiter and be a great motivator. Um, but uh, on in, if if we're talking him moving to the NFL, uh, I don't see. I don't. I don't know if I see him doing that. Um, what the best word is. I don't, I don't see him doing that at at a high level. I I just think most of the coaches you see um, in the NFL are, 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 have been there. I mean, granted, I know Dion's played in the NFL, but uh, they have coached in the NFL and they're very disciplined and they're very, they're all, most of these coaches that are very successful are very organized. And um, not to say he's not organized. I, I don't, I don't know his coaching strategy, but I do know, the premise of his coaching is is his motivational you know tactics and the way that he motivates young kids and he's very good at it and he's done a great job he did a great job at Jackson State he's doing a great job at Colorado and I think I think he's in his sweet spot in all honesty I think if he wants to keep doing it I think college is the the way to go for him and if he wants to keep doing it I think I think staying where he is is great I mean he's done a 
He's done a great job. And I mean, you're, you know, you heard the comments from Urban Meyer, you know, and this is a two-time, you know, national championship coach who said, if this works, it could completely shake up the NCAA coaching landscape because he went in and, and basically cleaned house. Um, for yeah. a lack of better lack of a better word, he basically went in and said, "Hey, if you don't want to do this, then you can transfer. I'll give you, you know, basically the opportunity to leave right now. Uh, I'd prefer you leave, um, so I can bring in the players that are going to match up or align with the way that I coach." And and he did it. And you know, I don't. What what was the number for the players? I mean, it was like twenty five kids, more than like, that that left. No, it's like fifty eight transfers. Fifty-eight transfers. So maybe he only mistaken. kept twenty-five kids. Maybe it was twenty-five kids that he kept. Um, so, you know, I, I, again, I don't know. This is all speculative, but I think he's in. I think he's in the in his sweet spot right here in, in college football. And and I think in the, oh, I, I don't want to call Colorado a mid a mid tier program, but they're in a. Uh, you know they're they're in a a power five conference or what was a power five conference, but they're, they're still a mid tier program. I mean, Colorado hasn't been anything since um, you know what the nineties when who's the quarterback that played there? Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, they haven't done anything since since Cordell Stewart was there. So you know. I'm sure everybody in Boulder is super, super pumped about it. I, well, I shouldn't say everybody. I'm sure there's some people who don't agree with his tactics, but yeah. So he has so far so good. 49 players transfer in, 57 players transfer out. Um, that's a big shift. Mm-hmm. At the same time, what I will say is that I think if he stays in college football, he can continue to have that influence. The mm-hmm. only time I think he contemplates leaves and potentially does before he ten, before he possibly comes back is if he goes to coach his son and they were like, all right, we it, let's say Colorado makes a run and his son becomes a top prospect. They're like, all right, we want your son, but we want you too. You know, we want that combo because you guys have shown a lot of success together. So we'll see what ends up happening. I think uh, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch something disruptive. It's fun to watch something different, even if you're necessarily not a fan of it. It's it's sure. something that you care about seeing the news and what's going on there. Yeah, he's definitely he he definitely gets in the he's always done that. He's found a way to get, in, time, get in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fun. It's entertaining. Just, you know, especially for a team that you know, especially us East Coast biased people that we don't see a lot or like you said, Jay, haven't seen since the 1990s. Yeah. Um, I mean with with you know it's just yeah it's cool it's different i'm 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 all in on it i'm gonna join the bandwagon you're on you're you're buff you're a buffalo now buffalo i'm definitely a fan i like seeing it he can come coach clemson that's fine with me <laughs> they needed that for last week Ooh. i know mike you you did, definitely didn't want to go there but no no we're not going to go there that was it that's what i said <laughs> So, all right, let's let's have some golf. But before that, I forgot what are you what are you boys drinking? I uh, I got a little uh, uh, Weller uh, special serve. Nothing oh. spectacular, but you know, all right, awesome, easy drinking stuff. Hold on, I've got I've got a good story for you guys here on this. Atori and I go out last week for our anniversary, and I kind of looked up and thought I was ordering. 
what I figured out was Weller Special Reserve. And I just kind of looked up and I thought I saw a green label. There's a, I'm like the green label one right there, 12, you sure? That, that one. Cause I'd had some Weller Special Reserve earlier in the week. So apparently I ordered Weller 12 year, had a couple of glasses of that at dinner. And the check comes and I'm looking, I'm like, damn, that seems a little north of what I thought it would be. Well, $40 a glass. <laughs> I was drinking Weller 12 year. And I, I told him, I'm like, uh, that was on me. It was good. It was good. I feel bad that I put a rock in it. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was good. And I just kind of had to chuckle. And like we laughed leaving. She's like, you're such an idiot. The and same I, thing happened to me on Sunday. Did it? So, so almost the same thing. So we went out for our anniversary. And they had all these like fancy stupid old fashions on the menu. I was like, I just get like a typical regular old fashioned. And she's like, oh, what do you want? What kind of bourbon? So I, was, I had her start listening off some and I, oh, I'll hit the old elk. And oh. then, the, then the bill comes and I'm like, whoa, that seems, that seems a little pricey for what we got. Like, I didn't expect it to be that much money. So then I start looking at the itemized. Yeah, it was $33 a, a drink. And I was yeah. like, whoops. Yeah. Oh, was just old elk weeded? Yeah. Old elk weeded. $33. I did not think it would be that much money. Where did you guys go? Uh, a place called ML Steak. Oh, that's right. That's right. ML Steak. When he said that. Uh, yeah. I was like, whoa. Okay. All right. So. I, and I think, I, did I talk about this last week on the, the pod when I took my dad out to dinner for his 69th uh-uh. birthday? Definitely didn't talk about it last week. Oh. That's right, because we didn't do it last week. So I took him out to Ruth's Chris, a good friend of ours. Is you know the he owns the the restaurant there. Paul Sorensen, shout out to Paul. Um, I mean the restaurant's incredible. We go there; it's his favorite spot. We, every time we have any type of function, we go to Ruth's Chris and and Richmond. Um, but you know we like Eagle Rare, and we know how much Eagle Rare Eagle Rare costs. We know how much a bottle is now. Granted, you can't get it. You know, in Virginia, as readily as you could in some of the other states, but needless to say, it's a forty-five dollar bottle, you give or take. So they had it. I went up to the bar. I'm like, "What what bourbon do you have?" It's my dad's birthday. Let's get a couple nice glasses. And they're like, and I looked up, and they had Eagle Rare. We 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 yes, it, we know what it tastes like. It's good. We know what to expect. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. let's get a couple doubles of Eagle Rare, neat and. <laughs> we get, uh, we got we both got two two eagle rare uh glasses neat and, and my mom got a glass of wine and the bill comes and i was like you know he's like oh let me split it i'm like no no no, pop i got it i got it i'm gonna take care of you no big deal i'm looking at it it's like jesus it's 50 dollars for a double pour of eagle rare Fifty dollars, and we got <laughs> and we got four of them. I was like, I was like, I could have bought four bottles of Eagle Rare for the four pours that you guys just gave us. I mean, I almost I was like, are you kidding me? This is like insane. There's no way this is real. I was like, I thought it was a fucking a dream, but not a dream. It was a nightmare. But um, yeah, I was like, holy cow, that's not that can't be real. That can't be real, but whatever. It was his 69th birthday, so I was like, no big deal. I was like, I don't care. No big deal. But I was like, Jesus, that's a lot. Yeah, I've learned with the bourbon game. $50 for a double pour. 
the bourbon menu is is very very helpful. Yes. It gives you an idea what you're ordering. Yep. Just just tell me how much it's going to cost. Is and it, I can the pick twelve year is it green labeled as well? No, it's black. Yeah, the fucking lighting got me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what, that's what are you drinking tonight? The green label special reserve. Yeah. I'm on. I'm on some grapes. Getting oh, ready. Okay. Corona right. lights about to enter the chat. Okay. Nice. Because <laughs> this bottle's empty. I am. I got some rabbit hole Derringer. Hmm. It's good stuff. That is one of my. That's one of my favorites. Absolute it's favorites. Really good. If really it were not easy. eighty dollars for every bottle, then I yeah. would get it a lot more often. But it is so good. Yep. It so. is so good. All right, we're twenty something minutes into this podcast. Let's talk some golf. How about that? Sure. That sounds podcast. that sounds like a good idea for a golf podcast. So it's been a little little slow in the world of golf. No PJ Tour uh, the last couple of weeks with them being off. Um, there's been some Euro tour action. And I guess the biggest news I would say is, uh, we've talked a bunch about the Ryder cup over the last few, really the last couple of months. We now have the European squad. So, uh, they also had six automatic qualifiers and six captains picks. So the automatic qualifiers were Matt Fitzpatrick, T-Rail Hatton, Victor Hovland, Robert McIntyre. Rory McIlroy and John Rahm. Um, Bob McIntyre. Those are all good, good auto picks. Yep. And McIntyre just barely got in there um, uh, with his finish. I forget what the last term it was. They were in the Czech Republic, Czech Masters, maybe. I can't remember which one it was. But, anyways. his six Luke Donald's six captains picks were Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, Seb Straka, Ludwig Aberg, and Nikolai Hogard. Um, we had brought up Aberg a couple times on this. He talk about a a, a rise. Uh, this kid was yeah. in college in May. He was at Texas Tech in May. And now and he's playing on the Ryder Cup. And now he's on the European Ryder Cup team. He is <laughs> an absolute stud. So he won PGA Tour U, the new thing the PGA Tour has. They give a point structure to these kids. To, yeah. The top top guy gets his full ride, full card. And so he won that, got his stats on the PGA Tour, had some pretty good solid finishes. And he was on the radar. And I think Luke Donald said, hey, I need you to come over here and play in a couple events. And well... When you win, when you're already on the bubble, you're probably going to get in. So um, Ludwig gets in. I guess the really the big surprise for the captain's pick was Nikolai Hogard. It's kind yeah. of the one that's that's causing some some yeah. discussion um, across the pond over there. A lot of people thought Adrian Maronk. Should have done it. He played well. He was only a couple points out of qualifying. He almost knocked out um, Bob McIntyre. He won at Marco Simone, the host venue, the Italian Open. Um, this past year, he was like fourth two years ago or runner-up or something like that two years ago and has had some some pretty high, strong finishes. And so he he was kind of, to me, the big, the big snub. Nikolai Hogard's only 22. Is Twin brothers out there, Rasmus. 
Uh, Nick Lawes has the much better season. He's actually he's actually younger than Aberg. Aberg's twenty three. So um, I think they went future there versus current form or most deserving. So I don't know your guys your guys takes on their their squad. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I kind of looked at all. I mean, I, I honestly think that this is going to be a lot closer rival cup than everybody <laughs> keeps talking about. I mean, I know, I know for the last year and a half, again, I know it's been two years since we had the Ryder Cup, but for the last year and a half, and they, they've been talking about how well the, the U.S. team is going to play and how good they're going to be. And I mean, I don't, I, I feel like the European team is pretty strong. I mean, like I said, eight, uh, the uh, a, a what's what how do you say how do you say his last name a uh, a berg a berg ludwig so actually, is it ludwig it's ludwig ludwig, ludwig. okay berg so it's not a berg that's that's our american enunciation of it well, that sounds actually, like something from, someone would say from Powhatan, virginia but <laughs> um anyway uh, th- this kid's incredible i mean he's a he's a good he's a good uh, no, he's good he's a great player um, honestly, I think the weak link is Justin Rose. I think that was a shitty pick, in my opinion. I, I know that 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 he's got a lot of history. I just don't think that. I don't think Justin Rose. I think Justin Rose is all about Justin Rose. And again, this is to, that's my. I I do like Justin Rose. I think he's. I love watching hey, what, him swing. He's a great he's a great golfer. He's a, a great player. But from my for the last four or five years, I feel like he is all about Justin Rose. And if it makes sense, sense for him. If it doesn't, he's gonna just kind of, you know, if he's playing great going into this, then you're gonna see the top-notch Justin Rose. You're gonna see the talent that we all know, the talent that won the the U.S. Open, but if he's a little off, he's going to be like, "Yeah, whatever. I don't care. It's just it's. It, I'm not getting paid for this, so I'm just going to just take a week off." And that's not the, in my opinion, that's not the type of guy you want to pick. Um, I, I, you know, who knows? I'm a, I'm a, yet to be seen. Yet to be seen. But I'm assuming uh, it's because it's, he's a little bit of that old guard. He has the history. He has the experience. They sure. already have. They already have. They're going to have four rookies on this team. Sure. And I and I get it. I mean, I think from that standpoint, it's great, but it's it could completely backfire if you. It, it you I feel like if you're gonna pick if you're gonna pick a guy who's been, you know, a, a a cup match player, whether it's you know Ryder Cup or any other team matches. Which granted, that's all they have is the Ryder Cup. But you know, it, it, he's kind of been up and down when it comes to that, and he's not hasn't been like an incredible match play player when it comes to the WGC events either. So he's not a grinder. He's not the guy that's like, hey, man, I'm going to get you a win or I'm going to get you a half, whatever it takes. He's kind of the guy that's like, nah, whatever. Hmm, it's golf. I got other things to do. And and that's not who I want to play with. You know, I, we've talked about this on other, you know, previous podcasts in, and in terms of like – uh you know the camaraderie, like oh, we we need the locker room mentality. Let's not pick Patrick Reed or Bryson DeChambeau because they don't get along with the other guys. That's bullshit. Like I'll play with Patrick Reed. I'll play with I'll play with any of those guys if they're playing good and they're gonna if they want to win. I'll play with them. Like I don't I don't 
that's I think most of those guys probably feel that way, whether they say it or not. Like, if you're going to help me win, I'll play with you. Like, I don't care who you are outside of golf. I don't care how weird you are, <laughs> you know, and we all know that that Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau are very unique, eccentric, eccentric kind of guys. But if I'm, if I can play with you and you're playing good golf, I'll, I'll play, I'll play every, every match that you want me to play Zach Johnson. I'll play with those guys. If, if it's going to make us win, I'll do it. Um, and I don't know if Justin Rose is kind of that guy, which I think is in my opinion, a little weird, but again, the European Ryder cup team could be a little different. Their, their whole dynamic could be different, but, I don't know. I feel I feel like that was probably the pick that I would I didn't agree with. You know, I, I, the young guys I think want to prove themselves. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it shakes out. I th- I'm pretty sure I'm going to pick the Europeans in this. Mm. I mean, uh, they a lot has changed. You look at how good that American squad was playing. There's a lot of question marks now on that squad. There's a few faces that are on there that we didn't expect them to be on. The Brian Harmon, Wyndham Clark, right? Like nobody saw those guys on the team. And um, just and Justin Thomas. Well, I'm just talking about like when you were looking Justin at this Thomas in, in was 2021. On the team as of six weeks ago. Yeah, I'm talking like you know last year or sorry not last year last event two years ago. A massive blowout. Everyone's like, oh man, this was going to be you know. American dominance yeah. for a while, the way these guys yeah. are playing. And now fast forward two years and it's very, very different. I think the Europeans actually have more momentum. Yeah. A lot closer, a lot closer than it was, you know, like you said, six to 12 months ago. Yes. I think it's much closer. And the fact that they're on home soil, the Americans haven't won there in 30 years. And Ray Floyd was on the team the last time they won. Was that yeah. accurate? That was the last time that the U.S. team has won in Europe. Yeah. 30, 30 years ago. That's, I mean, that's terrible that I'm on a golf podcast and I didn't know that, but that's, that's 30 ins- years the last time they won in Europe. And Mike's uh, computer. Computer just uh, restart again? Restart. That's incredible. <laughs> that's just incredible. I mean, I feel like we need to keep the podcast going through this so we can make fun of Mike and how he can't figure out how his computer. Needs to be oh, reset. There goes the text. Um, and my computer yeah. restarted. Yeah, we figured that out. Like, thanks. I mean, we got it. <laughs> All right. So, a uh, little uh, typical weekly computer reset there. But I mean, get, hold on. Wait, can you fix that at all? I don't know. It doesn't give me an option to. I, I can't even say, like, do it later. It just reboots it. Uh, I don't know. I think I think you can fix that. I think you can, but I'm just, I'm a, I don't I'll know. try. Maybe. I'll try for next week. I'll, I'll see what I can do for next week. I mean, it's worth looking into. Yeah. I think it's worth, I think it's worth looking into, but I think you can do it. Okay. I appreciate the support guys. Yeah. Just, I know you can. I know you can do it. It's very smooth. You can do it. So what, what was I saying? Um, <laughs> European Ryder cup team has the momentum. Uh, and it, yeah, it's been 30 years since they won on four. Americans have won on 1993, the Belfry. And That's, this was this was the squad they had in 1993. Uh, Tom yeah. Watson was the captain. You had Paul Azinger, Fred Couples, Tom Kite, Lee Jansen, Corey Pavin, Payne Stewart, John Cook, Davis Love III, who was only 29 at the time, Chip Beck, Jim Gallagher Jr. Those were your 10 automatic qualifiers. 
And then the captain's picks were Laney Watkins and Raymond Floyd at 51 years old. Wow. Was the last time the Americans won on foreign soil in this event. Wow. Well, the funny part is what you just said. You know, you're saying Davis Love was only 29. The majority of this team is... Yeah, I mean, they're they're young. They're actually older than the Euros. And that was the other thing that we said two years ago. We were like, oh, man, these Euros are old. Now, we also didn't know that, you know, Liv was going to peel off some of these guys. But I'm not really sure Poulter, Westwood, Casey, or even Garcia were going to make the team anyways if, there wasn't, if Liv wasn't around. Yeah. Right. And we were the young ones. Now, their teams are almost the same age. I remember reading this last week that average age is like, the Americans are like 30 and a half and the um, Euros are like 29 and a half. So they're, they're pretty close, but they are actually a little bit younger now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I think the Euros are going to win again. I won't make my official prediction or score yet. We'll probably do that as we get to a Ryder Cup preview show in a couple of weeks. But I'm leaning, I'm leaning Euros right now. I do like the fact that the Americans just went over there and spent a few days practicing on the golf course and getting a feel for it. It's something that they didn't do um, really a lot for any of these. You know, they don't have any, um, no course history here at this place before. And so nine who, of them, who, nine who, of them went who, over, not, not the whole team. Uh, who went? So everyone, Spieth didn't go cause his wife's due to give birth any second now. Um, and then Cantlay and Xander didn't go because I think the rumor I heard was because Cantlay's bachelor party. Whoa. I was about to say it was some something weird reason that they so both I guess he had, at the same time. He had you know, they had booked that months ago or whatever. And so Captain Johnson gave gave them the okay to to skip it so Patrick could get lap dances. And JT and JT went. JT was there, yeah. He was on the team. Good for him. Good. I love the picture of Scheffler and JT following the Texas Alabama football game. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, there was a picture of um, JT on the putting green with Steve Stricker, which I love to see. Yeah. That's good. Stricker was working on him with, on his putting because all the, all the vice captains were there. there well, was I picture- saw that um, JT just got rid of his putting coach. He did. Um, and a lot of what he's going to do is to try to do it kind of on his own and find it on his own, which I can only imagine is something that, you know, he did for the majority of his life. I know he had his dad there with him, but a lot of what he did, I mean, growing up the son of a golf pro and mine, not maybe to the level that his was, or maybe vice versa, because my dad was probably a, I don't know Mike's history, but my dad was more of a player. So I, I grinded out a lot of what I did on my own. Didn't turn out quite as successful. Um, but I would think that there's a lot of days and a lot of nights spent late on the putting green by yourself. You're just kind of grinding it out and figuring it out on your own. At least that's, that's certainly what I did. I would bet Justin Thomas did a lot of that. And he probably looks back to saying, you know, Hey, this is how I got to where I got. It wasn't by having someone else tell me what to do. It was by me feeling it out and going through the reps and the motions and doing it on my own. I do know he spent the better part of the last two weeks here in uh, Nashville, um, and was doing a lot of practicing, uh, at Troubadour and as he posted on his Instagram page, but, um, 
from what I understand, you know, he was he was grinding. What's his connection to Nashville? He's got a house at Troubadour. Uh, okay. I, I was like, I, I never got that. I, I see him posting why, there. Why lot, though? Right? Why does he have a house at Troubadour? I mean, that's what's what's the connection well, to even well, have a house? I, there? I've I've probably shared more than I should have already. Um, but I will tell you, if you go to Troubadour one time, you know why. If you if you can afford to have a spot there, you'd have a spot. It's yeah. just that good. Yeah, uh, that's that's. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I don't know. Nashville seems like a weird place to just have like a vacation home. But. Well, it's not that far from where his dad is, um, where he grew up, up in Kentucky. Um. Okay. Well, there you go. That, there's the there's the connection. You know, you're just just north of. Or, yeah. Right. No. Just. I'll, I'm sorry. I'll just south. More of. so than that, though. More so than that. I'm very fortunate to have been out there a decent amount since I've been here in Nashville. I've had the pleasure of uh, being able to play there one time. And I can just tell you, if you can, that's the spot. Well, those discovery Sweet. land properties. Yeah. And this one has a fantastic golf course attached to it as well. Um, so when you combine what Discovery Land does with an incredible golf course, as most of their properties do, I'm not saying anything negative. I'm probably I'm sure all their properties do. I can't speak to that because I have played very few of them. Um, but I can tell you, you spend any time out there, you see quickly it's why it's desirable for anyone to be out there. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. We'll see JT's in the field this week, so we'll get an idea where his game's at. Um, <laughs> as he as he looks to because he hasn't played in God he hasn't played in over a month, almost a month and a half now since he's played a uh, competitive round of golf that mattered. So we'll get a a pretty good test this this weekend, and I'm sure his name might might get brought up here in a little bit when we do our picks and previews for the 40 net. But yeah, Ryder Cup, man, I can't I can't wait for it to get here. We get the Solheim Cup before that. I'm actually kind of pumped, which is a little. A little appetite, a little appetizer before uh, the Ryder Cup, but um, yeah, what else? What else you guys got in the world of golf? Anything? Irish Open this past week. Rory hit four balls in the water on Sunday. Rollbacks, uh, kind of a big thing in the world of golf. U.S. team wins the, <laughs> the Walker Cup at the old course. Did uh, you notice that girl on the three LPGA? Guys, three guys. University of North Carolina played on the Walker Cup team. That's still just such an incredible feat for one collegiate program. I'm obviously a big fan of the University of North Carolina, but on the backside of that, for any one collegiate golf program to do that is incredible. And I've, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I saw that they were ranked preseason number one. Well, I was, I was just getting ready to say, I'm like, well, they better just win the national championship then, because if you got three guys out of five that are on the Walker Cup team, then well, it's a big thing to lead up to. I will say I saw um, Gordon Sargent the other day. That guy is legit. He plays right down the street from my house. Made the Built Legends Club, an incredible facility. Um, just a cool spot. I'll share some other stuff with you guys offline. <laughs> I love it. I like the off-air, off-air stories. Uh, girl gets her driver broken in LPJ playoff. That was kind of funny, kind of sucked, but kind of funny. 
So what happened with that? So I saw everyone, I'm sure, saw the video, but did she lose the playoff too? Yeah, but hasn't had nothing. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I forget the event. Um, uh, what's her name? Ann Van Dom, who hits it a mile. She gets into a three-way playoff, and the official is driving her back, her bags strapped to the back of the cart, and they have oh. you know those, those convertible carts, and Ann lifts up the uh, the rope to go under it and it comes down and it gets caught on her bag. The official didn't realize and drives away. Bag gets ripped off the cart. Driver snaps. So she, she could have replaced it, but the airline had broken her gamer flying to the venue. So she was already using her backup. The rules of golf let you replace that because technically uh, playoff is another stipulated round, so she could have changed drivers in between rounds, but didn't have one there because the airline broke her other one. Now, granted, she's still the 18th hole is a par five that they went back to. She hit the green in two still. The three wood off the tee? Yeah. Now, she's also like longer than all three all of us. Longest players in female golf, yeah. Yeah, she is long. So she hit three wood off the tee, still hit it to the green to hit Made it hit the 15 feet. The other girl made like a 60 foot eagle putt on her, and then she missed the 15 footer uh, to keep the playoff going. So brutal. it didn't really matter. I mean, she still hit the 15 feet. So, um, but yeah, it was just like a tough break. And hell, I mean, kudos to her to just kind of change her mental focus and her mindset. To she had to been in a dark place there when you you snap your driver like that, and to then still hit two great golf shots to fifteen feet on a par five is uh, is pretty good. So yeah, that uh, was a terrible video. I watched that. I yeah, was like, oh, you got ask. You feel bad for the the player one who has a driver snap, but the driver of the the golf court, it's like, come on, come yeah. on. You know, you you know, you know when you're driving under a rope that there's a chance that. You need to be cautious. Cautious. Go a little slower. Yeah. yeah. So um, USGA started a national development program. They just hired their coach that came out today. So. Yeah. Yeah. I knew. And I actually wanted to actually talk about this. G- give me the inside scoop on this, this national development program. So this is, is this similar to the other junior programs that some of the European countries have where they. Yeah. They're pretty much copying the model of all these other. European countries, all these top AMs and juniors, they go into these national development programs, just like we have here in the States for a bunch of the Olympic sports, right? Whether you're yeah. a gym- gymnast or a skater or a swimmer, you get invited to all these developmental camps. And that's pretty much what they're doing now for golf in the United States. So top juniors, top collegiates, even they said young professionals, they're going to have a team for, and they're going to try to grow this, build this and have a bunch of different national teams that you kind of climb up the ranks with um and you basically can qualify for the olympic team i don't know through this through this program i don't know if it's tied into the olympics at all um or they're just trying to just develop more kids to be better, better golfers and i don't know if it's an invitation i don't quite know the entry to get into these programs but um yeah i thought that it's was because they have sick key pillars 
talent identification, access to competition, national teams, athlete resources, player development, relations, athlete financial financial support. So it's going to start out this year funding 50 juniors, which is not cheap. But the bigger thing to me looking at it and my very, you know, infancy amount of knowledge towards the USGA's financials, their goal is to by 2027 be funding 1,000 juniors. Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's a fantastic cause. Can yeah. it? Oh, I mean, like, is that a is that number feasible? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would rather see incredible support for a maybe a smaller number. I mean, if they can offer the same amount of support and it be, you know, fluid throughout the entire one thousand, that's that's fantastic. Can they afford that? Am I am I off here in in that thought process? What are they giving to each player? I mean, what's the financial? Um, spread for yeah i don't know if they're paying play. for their airfare to fly all over the place you know i, I guess we don't know what the what yeah, exactly they're going to cover 1, or handle 000, or five thousand you know i mean this to fund junior golf and elite and amateur play is not cheap and a thousand no. juniors um i mean are they going to get one thousand dollars five hundred dollars ten thousand dollars what's that look like does the usga have the funding to I think they're doing okay. Without, but without this program, I think they're doing okay. And I love this program. I think it's fantastic. I think it offers a huge benefit. Is one thousand too wide, though? Am I am I missing the boat there? I'd have to I'd have to get more details in and to give a more accurate opinion. I feel like they could do it, but you know, the USGA does a lot of good stuff, a lot of great things. Do they? They do. <laughs> That's up for debate. That's my segue. All right, if we could have started on this, we could have kept some viewers, but now it's too late to really get into it. <laughs> you don't want to get now. You now you're deflected from rollback. Oh, I'm, let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. Well, what do you want to say? You you're the one that's been chomping at the bit for months now. You seem more heated and care more about this. Um, go ahead. I think the rollback is a detrimental to the game, similar to what they did with the belly putter, which I know was done in a very much a personal agenda by Mike. Um, oh God, what was Mike's last name? Davis. Mike Davis. Thank you. Um, I think the rollback is bad for the sport. I don't think it benefits the game overall from a amateur junior to professional level. I think at the end of the day, they don't have the best interest in heart of the game. I think at times they look at how can they stagnant growth um, and try to keep it more of the good old boys game uh, that we've all grown up in. And it's not necessarily to have a problem with everything, but at the backside of it, it's like you have to look at the growth that we've seen currently. It's unparalleled to anything that we've ever seen in this game before. We're drawing new people to the game nonstop. And to roll back a golf ball, I think eliminates some of the popularity. And I think it also eliminates some of the entertainment aspect that is provided from the long ball. I I can tell you right now, if you look at 
the World Long Drive Championships versus the Putt-Putt Championships, you have a lot more viewers on the World Long Drive than you do on the Putt-Putt Championship, which I, I, I think ESPN ate the Ocho, maybe. I, I'm not sure what, what that's done, <laughs> if it's televised at all. Uh, but I do know the World Long Drive Championship. I watched it the other week. It's not the most um, – it's not the most dramatic. It's not the best thing in the world, but it does create some viewership. I know I found it interesting. I don't know if I'm turning it, even as as golf nerdy as I am in certain aspects and like to see different ways of golf competition. I don't know if I'm tuning into the. Yeah, but that's going to stay the same. That That's not going to change. Well, how did world long drive? You think they're going to abide by this? They're just going to keep doing what they No, No, that's more of a, that's more of a over overarching look to it to say that distance is what is attractive it is something that provides viewership provides interest um when you look at the crowds that are on the putting greens at pj tour events versus the crowds on the driving ranges um you see more people that are more interested in the way that guys hit the golf ball when i go out there and i get to watch you know any of the long hitters hit a driver you sit back and go oh wow when i watch great putters hit a putt you're like yeah he's good but it, for the masses it's even less than that i have more of an appreciation for what good putters are able to do with the golf ball versus someone that does not they want to see the long ball that brings in a large part of the entertainment aspect to the sport so you you say it's you actually think this is really detrimental and less people are going to play golf because rory McIlroy hits it five percent shorter I think it's less attractive to have the bifurcation. You know, if you look at what. But that's not what you were just talking about. You were just talking about the people sit on the driving range where they want to watch the long ball. Well, guess what? They're 100%. still going to watch the long ball. No. That person, even you, me, and Jay, cannot stand behind Roy McElroy and tell the difference between a 330-yard drive or a 315-yard drive. That's still it's impressive about- and it's still unbelievable. It's not about us. It's about the stereotype of that. I know we know what we're doing. We know what we're talking about. So the guy that's sitting on the range that you talk about watching the them hit the long ball, that guy doesn't know. Watching it on TV, you don't know either until they put that number up on the screen. It's not as cool. That's what is it's it is not helping to drive the growth of the newer, younger player in the game. I want to see the golfer hit the ball as far as possible. That is entertaining. And it is to damn near everyone else out there. I also want to play the same ball that allows me to potentially reach that feet. That's one of the great things about our sport. I'm for the rollback because of the style of play. I think play doesn't change. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. The golf game has become bomb and gouge. It's driver wedge, driver wedge, driver wedge. The so, the type of player that is is being rewarded these days is skewed too far to distance. It's not rewarding all around play. Tell Brian like, Harmon like, that. Yes, there are there are exceptions. Yes, but we talk about it all the time. Look at the top ten in the world. Look at the top ten in earnings. However, you want to break it down. And the reason Brian Harmon was successful was because of the golf course they played that had hazards, bunkers in the way. You go to, yep, and guess what they're doing here in America? They're just bombing it over all the bunkers. 
because our golf courses aren't set up like those Lynx golf courses. You go play a Lynx golf course and you play them and you're like, what the hell is this bunker doing here? So because those golf my... courses play so differently, that's what made him successful because there was actual hazards in the way. In America, the golf courses, they're just going to keep bombing it over these hazards. People are going to get longer and longer and longer. If you didn't watch the USAM, the Walker Cup, the US Junior Am, look at the ball speeds these kids are hitting. Nick Dunlap hit 180 with a three wood. So you made the USAM. Jay and I's point, though, that we've been making for a long time. That no, it, it's the design of the golf course. We've allowed this to happen. And ultimately, there are ways to create a great golf tournament without it just being about hitting 300-yard drives and playing 7,500-yard golf courses. But that's the thing. There's going to be less and less golf courses you can go to. All the good old-school golf courses, if you were to put a good old-school golf course on TV, that would gain interest versus this shitbag golf that we, we see half the time that the PJ Tour plays. There's just so, these big, gigantic ballparks that have no characteristics no interest that are boring. Yeah. That's that's a product of the PGA Tour. That that's a product. Yes, product of the PGA Tour and 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 making a golf course and and presenting a golf course that they see as as a as what the viewers want to watch and also big golf course that people and, and viewers can get around. I understand the logistics of it, yeah. but the longer these players get. The less the pool, the, the that pool of golf courses you can go to gets smaller and smaller and smaller. The longer these guys hit, it. and they're just getting longer. I, I, I don't I don't disagree with you in the sense that there's got to be some regulation on on the speed of the ball. Uh, I just don't agree with rolling it backwards. I I think just like we've done with other with with other uh, components of, of of golf and and how fast the ball comes off the face for drivers. I'm okay with uh, limiting the speed of the ball. That's what they're um, doing. That's just, what this does. Yeah, but this is this roll is essentially a roll back. Like let's let's go backwards. I think that's that's the part. They're not that really. I have they're actually with. they're not really going backwards. They're just changing the speeds they test it. So they're slowing the golf ball down by changing the speeds that they test it. Which essentially will roll it will roll it back, and everyone is is agreed that this will this will yeah, make yeah. the ball go shorter than five it's going to seven right percent. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm okay with saying, hey, let's not progress, you know, too much further uh, in terms of the speed of the ball, you know, going for, forward. But let's not, we, 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 we don't want to go backwards. Like if, if a guy can hit a driver, you know, 330 carry, okay, we don't want to say, hey, you can only hit it, you can only carry it 300. That's, that's going to, I just think that's, that's a, but that's if- a, that's going to take the the game and uh, and it's going to put it uh, at, at the back end of of some of uh, some of these other sports that people can play. It's like, oh well, wow, I, I could hit a three three hundred when they really couldn't, but now now I can only hit two seventy. It's like, oh, this is not as fun. I mean, that's the number one thing that that people love about golf is that they can take a ball. They don't love making a twenty foot putt. They love taking their driver and they love being able to hit it as far as they can hit it. And I think when you start going, but we're backwards, talking about the professional like, game. We're not talking about yeah. the amateur game. But it's so, going to trickle down to it's going to trickle down to the amateur game. It, you know it is. It, it's because we, we people want to play the the same equipment that the players are playing on the the highest level. And and when you start saying, hey, we got two sets of rules. Hey, the pros play this this ball, but you can play this ball. 
I'm like, oh, I want to play with the pros play. Oh, well, that ball's not going to go as far. I'm like, oh, well, that's weird. Then then you then you walk into a weird gray area where it just gets really weird. And people, it's like, oh, then they don't have the respect for the guys that play on the tour. And then it gets really, really, really strange. So it's like, let's just keep it the same. I think this is all wildly overstated by you guys. No, no. I think it's short-sighted. You guys cannot say something has to be done. Something has to be done. These players are getting bigger, faster, stronger. The equipment has been locked in the same spot for 20 years. The reason the golf ball is going further is because the players are getting faster. Unless you're exactly. going to tell a player, unless you're going to tell a player that you can only swing a certain swing speed, which is like impossible to regulate, they have to do something to the equipment. The golf so ball my- ha- hasn't changed in 20 years as far as the testing goes on speed. I do agree. Something has to be done. Something has to done. be done. Hold on, sure. Hold, please. And I, I agree, I, but let's not let's not go, go backwards. Let's not go backwards. That's all I'm saying. You, let's just there's not nowhere go to, backwards. There's no such. There is a such a thing. There is such a thing as going backwards. That's what they're. No, there's no such. Proposing. You have to change something. You I, have I to slow the ball down. But we don't need to go. Backwards. That's not. A, that's not the right answer. What I will say is this much: I see as many golf courses as anyone does. In my daily life, I think you guys would both agree with that, especially on the three of us that are on this podcast, seeing different venues. Sure. And what I will say is that what I've seen, especially now with the COVID boom, is that there are a lot of golf courses that have waiting lists, they have members waiting, they have raised initiation fees, raised dues, and that the money is there for them. And I'm seeing more renovations and redesigns take place than I've ever seen in the history of my stint on this side of the industry. What I will say is that. There are 17,000 golf courses in the United States. How many PGA Tour events do we have in a year? Was it 40-something? 40 46. Somewhere okay. along those lines. Yeah. So for me, I look at it and say, all right, well, I'm seeing a ton of venues that don't benefit monetarily by hosting a PGA Tour event. The ones that do could easily afford to have some sort of renovation that takes place in looking at where you can change the landscape of the golf course without needing. Here's the best part about it. You don't need more real estate. That was the argument forever. At this point, you can take and redesign the golf course to where it makes it more penal to have that. These guys don't have to hit driver 14 holes around. They don't. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you and- can you can start to grow, grow in different areas, add hazards, add bunkers, allow them to still hit driver if they want to, but make it more penal if they miss it. That's what we see at a lot of the great venues on the PGA Tour, and that's where we see a lot of the great major championships that you could easily complete that process, host a great event without it being 75 or 7,800 yards. So to me, I don't even want these guys to like have higher scores or make it harder. I want to watch a more interesting product. I want, more, I want more of the game to matter. It's not just about putting – hazards in their in their way i want to i want a seven iron six irons from the fairway to matter more i want guys to miss the green a little bit more so that chipping and putting matters more chipping sure. and putting and doesn't the golf does, does, does rolling the ball backwards make make that happen i don't i don't think it does well if, if a does. guy is now hitting more club into a green and the ball's going shorter a wedge now turns into an eight iron statistically you're gonna miss more green so therefore we're going to have some more chipping and putting that factors into who wins on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, but I mean, that, that versus, versus just the, driver wedge, driver wedge, driver wedge. Is all look we see back now. at Harbortown this year, a golf course that is not long, and we had 
both short and long hitters in the mix because they had to play more thoughtful. They had to shape the ball more. They had to create more opportunities. There's not many Harbor towns though, but there could be is what I'm saying. It could be. It could be. If you roll it back, there could be way more. Doesn't need the, I'll say this, the overall, you have to roll the ball back. The overall cost in in creating another golf ball versus redesigning 46 golf courses or 46 potential venues, and some of which may already exist and may not need that, is much smaller than... I'm not sure it it is. You know how much it costs to renovate a golf course nowadays? You know how much it costs to create a new golf ball? Okay, so I'm not worried about the billion-dollar manufacturers. I know you work for one of them, but I'm not worried about them. They have plenty of money. You want to tell me... You're going to have these golf courses do $35 million renovations, and that's not going to affect the consumer? They're not $35 million. Oh, yeah. You want to redo a golf course these days? It's $35 million. Of, of which? Of, of the 45 Most golf of them courses don't that, need a that, $35 that million dollar renovation. You were I'm talking saying, about adding a bunker and growing in some rough. Adding a ditch and growing in some rough. A uh, little growing bit. in some rough is awful. Awful. I hate that, but but, but just growing the rough. Just growing the rough. That's what everyone says. Just growing the rough. That's fucking no, awful. Shrink golf. the size of the why, fairway. Why, what's wrong with that? 120 yards. It's what boring golf. It's boring golf. Well, Donald said you, you want to see golf. more six Those and seven irons. In, yeah, I mean, well, I want wider. I want wider fairways. I want angles to matter again. I, I don't. That's why I want golf courses. I want your, the players your, to hit it shorter. Argument fights itself. You're saying no, you it want doesn't. wider fairways and guys hit it shorter. Like I, where where I, are you? I don't. I don't want. I don't give a shit about a 350 yard drive. I'm, that's what I'm telling you guys. This is about style to me. It has nothing to do with difficulty. It's about style. And I want I more. Would, why would you more want wider of the game to be rewarded? If it's about style, why would you want wider fairways? If it's about, if it's about style and shaping a golf ball, because then angles angles matter again. If everything well, is just if that's, everything that's is all narrow, contingent, that's all contingent on the golf course and whether or not they have whether or not they have the the landscape to. If you've got, say, you're playing a, a Parkland style golf course in in the Midwest, I mean, there there are no angles. It's it's just it's just straight shots. But everyone's everyone's argument to this is, oh, just tighten up the fairways and grow rough. That's what everyone says about the golf course setup when they talk about distance. Oh, just just tighten up the fairways and grow up rough. That's just boring. I mean, that's boring golf. That's really I mean, that, boring that, golf. That's the that's the first step. It doesn't mean that has to be the, the that has to be the the final say. But yeah, that's the first step. If you want to, if you want guys to put a premium on ball striking, then you do narrow the fairways and and let them still but, grow no, rough. But up. the numbers the numbers are now showing the golf courses that they have narrowed up fairways in in. Grew up the rough. The guys just hit it further. That actually tells people to hit the ball further and further and further. And it's or, just, or you don't cut down all the trees and you have some obstacles in the way. That's the other option, which everyone just, the hates. The style of play to me is just, it's going to be in a place that I just don't like. What's you know? the style, though? That's, that's bomb what, and gouge. What is the, the bomb style? and gouge style I do not like. And that's what we have. But what if we, but if we cut down every fucking goddamn tree? And we and we keep you the fairways wide. Then what, the fairway. what what are the obstacles? You know, okay, let's roll the and then we're gonna go. Well, let's go back to the 1900s. Like, okay, they were putting on sand greens and, and or if they did have grass, it was the well, the ball was rolling like it was a stint meter on the, it was six or seven. Like it's, it's this is the 2023. I understand you know, everyone wants to Thanks. everyone wants to recreate every every goddamn Donald Ross course from you know the early 1900s, and they were putting on 
shit that was, you know, rolling, you know, like I said, if it wasn't on sand, it was on, you know, this, this raggedy ass Bermuda that was rolling six on the stint meters. And you have, you know, three, four, 5% slope. You can't have that to, in today's game. Like everyone wants to recreate everything that these architects did. That's 120 years ago. Like we can't play golf like that. It's not that way anymore. So you have to progress and 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 the fact that everyone wants to recreate all this shit, it's 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 ridiculous. It's the game's not that way anymore. It's not that way anymore. We have to, we have to this is this is where we are. We're in the 21st century. This yeah, is the we gotta do play. something. So let's, we gotta let's, make a change. Something has to happen. Or we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to have eighty five hundred yard golf courses soon. No, 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 no. I don't think we I mean be, to, if you have to roll the ball backwards no, to not no have eighty five hundred yard golf courses. You have to have eighty five hundred yard golf courses. I, I, I didn't hear what either of you said. If you had wide fairways, no trees, no hazards, yeah, it'd have to be 8,500 yards. But it doesn't mean it, we, we're, we've we become way too accustomed that the guys think that the longest hitters in the world should hit 14 drivers around. And that doesn't have to be the case either. Brian Harmon might hit 14, but John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, maybe they only hit 11 or 10. And they've got to shape the ball off the tee a little bit. They have the opportunity to to hit a big fade or a big draw and try to hold that fairway line and hit it in the fairway. I think that's fantastic. That shows shape. That shows quality of golf shot. That shows a lot of other things versus just saying that, hey, I can hit it to this corner up here, which is where Brian Harmon hits his driver. That's my two iron. But if I want to try and take advantage of my length, I can try to carry that corner. I can try to shape it around that corner. But I'm also bringing into, into consideration there's a ditch over there to the left. There's a bunker on the right. The fairway is only 15 yards wide there versus 25 yards wide back at 295 yards. So that to me offers more risk reward, which I think is what golf is a, an absolute beauty and a spectacle for. Because all of a sudden it gives the ability for this guy to take, take into consideration, I can hit two iron, seven iron into this grade and still easily make par. But I'm going to try to hit driver wedge. And if I don't make it, if I don't hit a good drive here, I could be in the ditch. I could be in the bunker. I could be. And there's a way to still do that in a very classic state of saying, hey, I've got a little rolling river just left of the fairway. The fairway is shrunk in by 12 yards. And on the right side, if I go long and I don't shape it properly, now I'm in a bunker and I've got a very hard 115-yard um, you know, wedge shot out of a bunker. I, I think right, we can we can uh, we could all, we could all go through a million different scenarios. I'm not going to recreate holes in our head. I, I just again, I I think something has to be done, and no one has given me a better solution than this. So I'm going to take this for right now because something has to be done. It's fair. I mean, I don't agree with you at all. That's I, fine. I, I, I don't agree with you guys either. So. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, like you said, I mean, if we don't agree with you, then we want to move on to the next topic, and that's fine. We can, but I, no, I, I just, I mean, we can sit here and debate this. That's what we do. This is a fucking golf podcast, uh, yeah. so that's I, why I, that's I, why we're here. But I mean, <laughs> yep, that's exactly again, what we're doing. I mean, if, if we're going to talk about it, then then we're going to talk about it. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, well, I think there's a doing. lot of options that we can do other than rolling the ball backwards. In all honesty, I mean, a ton, a well, ton. We can add bunkers. You you love bunkers, and we don't want to cut down trees. If you don't want to cut, if you want to you cut down trees, that's fine. But if we want to add bunkers, we can add bunkers. We can add creeks. We can tighten fairways. We can do so much shit to make guys not it hit driver off the tee. Thirty five million to I, add. I don't. That don't I don't cost know. that much money. And so there's a lot of I, there's a ton of options. I think I think the game has 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 
has fallen suit to just just uh, accepting the fact that guys hit it 300 yards and they're building golf courses for that instead of saying hey we've got we've got you know a a 7,000 yard golf course and it's going to be hard I mean I played I played just yesterday I was talking to the 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 head pro at at Nags Head Golf Links you know which we talked to yesterday Mike that thing is 6,200 yards and it will beat your brains in you know, and it's all you want. I don't care. I don't care if you hit it 360. I don't care if Bryson DeChambeau was out there hitting it as hard as he could. If he goes out there and hits driver on every hole, he's going to shoot 80. And I know as, as talented as that guy is, he's going to shoot a big number because you've got to have control over your ball. And you can't have that ball hanging in the air with, you know, 25 mile an hour winds, you know, crossing off the sound. You've got to have control of your ball and you can't do it by sending it up to the moon. So there's there's something to be said for for manicuring the golf courses that we have and the terrain and the landscape and and the acreage that we have. You can certainly do it. And I don't think that I think we are just uh, I think uh, most of these golf courses are just accepting the fact. And I think it's a trend. It's like, hey, we want to have a seventy five hundred yard golf course here. Come play it. Come play it. Come play. It's hard. It's long. It's tough. And, And I think. I think the the golf world separate or they're they're accepting it and they're just extending it. But if you just say, "Hey, this is not how we play golf," you know. Well, and I, I agree with Jay, and I will say that I would think in that in that moment, similar to probably I don't know Nagsheads Country Club very well, but I do know a course like Camden Country Club that I think would fall very similar to what Jay just said. And I will say. If you have a guy, yeah, he can hit it 360, but it doesn't necessarily benefit him, and he's got to hit some different shots. It it provides more of an opportunity for restraint, more of an opportunity to get uh, to provide more character to his golf game, and that to me is more about crafting your ball around a golf course than it is just being able to roll it back and still be able to swing as hard as they want to nonstop. I think having a shorter golf course to where these guys have to have to dial it down shows more character and more ability to their game. Than- yeah, and you only get a bigger pool of those options of those golf courses that you're talking about when guys are hitting it shorter. When guys are hitting it 360, the pool of those golf courses that you're talking about and those characteristics become smaller and smaller and smaller, and the sustainability of these golf courses gets less and less and less. But the pool of the players gets larger. The pool of yeah. the players gets larger, and you get better competition because now all of a sudden you have a larger pool of players that can be competitive week in and week out. You have I think I think more Brian it, it, Harmon's out there competing in golf tournaments against John Rahm, Rory McElroy, and Bryson DeChambeau. Because now all of a sudden they can craft their game around it and the competition gets better and greater. No, it, it, it's not gonna change as far the short hitters are still gonna be short, the long hitters are still gonna be long. Hundred percent. We're but talking if the long hitters can't hit driver 14 times around, then all of a sudden it, it gives the opportunity to the guys that may still be able to hit it 12 to 14 times around to be more competitive. And the co- competition that we get to witness gets deeper and better. This, this, the, 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 this, you know problem, legit point, this problem has been here for the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I shouldn't say maybe not quite 50, but it's been here. This problem of guys that hit it far, they're always going to hit it far. So, and yeah. we keep extending golf courses. So the, the only way to stop it is to say, hey, I'm not going to make an 8,000-yard golf course. I'm going to make a golf course where you have to hit the ball at this target. You have to hit it this – you have to be this accurate. If you allow these guys to hit it that hard and hit it that far and still get rewarded, then they're going to do it. So, But if the know, players keep getting the ball, longer – if the players keep getting longer and longer and longer – 
Yep. You have to do something because then you're gonna have to you're gonna have guys driving 400 yard holes. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, but I, I, get, I down, agree. Rolling the ball backwards is not going to do that. You have to find a way to change the landscape. A ditch? I, I, again, I can't hear what you're saying. Either of you. I'm just saying it, what you just said. Yeah, they may be able to drive a 400-yard hole, but what's the risk in doing so? You know, it, it's like, what is it? Is it 17 at uh, TPC Scottsdale that has the water right there on the left side of the green? So it's like, hey, if you're able to take advantage of that, that's great. 17 is the island par three. 16, I apologize, 16. Um, no, 17 is the island par three. It's Sawgrass. I'm talking about Scottsdale. Oh, Scottsdale. Is the, sorry, sorry. 16 is the stadium hole. 17 is the short drivable <laughs> par four with the water that sits right up on the green. That, to me, is what golf is about. It's risk-reward. I agree. guys the opportunity that they can go for the green, but, buddy, if you miss it a, a slight left of your target, you're going to roll. I know what you wanted to say there. Off. Yeah, you do. There's a <laughs> roll off that rolls you down into the water and you're you're stuck versus some of the other guys that can't necessarily hit it up there. They're going to hit four iron and then hit a wedge in there and offers more playability, more characteristic, more for them to be more characteristic of their golf game. I just think ultimately there's more opportunity for us to institute without major golf course redesign. I understand we're talking about with a full redesign renovation of a golf course. It's a massive cost. There's a lot of great venues out there that you could add some more risk reward to it at a more of a not minimal cost, but a more cost, a cost that is very easily covered by your yearly nut that you make hosting a pga tour event and maybe there are some other venues out there that we need to entertain there's another aspect to look at as well that doesn't mean that we have the best 46 golf courses that are currently hosting pga Tour. there's other venues out there out of the seventeen thousand that we could find and put a little bit of money into and then all of a sudden change change the landscape of it and make it a more competitive golf tournament i'm just pulled up the um rbc leaderboard from this past year which an elevated event we got a bunch of better players playing in it this year and you look at it, and it's a really good blend of long and short players that were competitive in this event. All I'm saying is that I think that there's an but, opportunity for us to do that more often. Yeah, if we roll the ball back. So that's the thing. We we both, all no. three of us, all three of us want the same thing from the from the golf courses, from the style of play, but we can't get there. We're getting further and further away from that. Why? I, I because the golf ball's even- going too far. I don't, I don't, I mean, no, I don't, I don't agree. I mean, I, that, I, I think what, what McLean just said, like, I, I think you can add more, more obstacles, change the landscape of the, of the, of the courses or go to different golf courses. You you can't, the reason we like, why, why do we like watching Hilton Head? Because there's obstacles in the way. What are they? They're trees, they're trees, they're bunkers, they're hazards. Yeah. There's other things in play. Like if we make these simple golf courses that are straight away, with no hazards, like every, you know, like uh, you look at Oakmont, they just cut every, every tree down. It's a big open field. Like they are, they're the procuring cause to this. They're like, okay, hey guys, hit it 370 in the rough. And then you have a wedge in. Okay, go for it. Like they took away the, the, some of the greatest things that that course had. Uh, and, and I know they still have some really, you know, diabolical greens and it's crazy. And that's part of it. But like, you, you've you've taken away some of the obstacles that you have that make that course tough, and I I think like I said we keep going backwards. We go we're trying to go back to you know 100 years ago when these golf courses were made 
but the ball was going 50, 60 yards further. Guys were hitting it 50, 60 yards less. And we're trying to create these golf courses. That's that's in the past. You know, you know, to kind of to your point, Mike, I just don't think that rolling the ball backwards is is the way. I think it's I think it's the the design so call- and, and the manicure of the golf course. Like, hey, we can add and we can keep some of these obstacles. We don't have to take every single tree out. We can keep some of these creeks. We can keep or add bunkers. We can narrow some of the fairways. We can keep some of the trees and and put a premium on ball striking. You know, I'm all about that. I mean, I love seeing the guys. Okay, bombing. so so we, you at least you do. I'm not sure how McLean does. You agree distance is a problem. You just disagree with how to fix it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see guys hit. I do. I mean, it's fun. People like watching guys hit driver, but I think they, I think the fans are, uh, they like to see a blend. They want to see uh, for for the history of this game. They like to see. A guy, or I say guy or girl or lady that can drive it long, drive it straight with accuracy, hit irons on the green, make putts. They can, they can, they, they, uh, they have all the skills. They can do it all. Um, I, I think that. And I don't want to take, I don't want to take driver out of Rory's hands. I don't want to take driver out of these guys' hands because it is fun to watch. But if it it goes a little bit shorter and we can get the style of play that we want, then I'm okay with that. Yeah, because no, distance I, is going to be a big, big problem here soon if it isn't already. I mean, it's not. It's 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 always been. It's been that way since since they changed the ball for the last twenty three years. Yeah, when they went even, to when they when they got rid of wound balls, it, it, it's always been a problem. But again, but even think, even recently, with how these guys are training, the technology that's gone into training the body, these speed coaches, the guys are swinging it way faster now than they ever have. Sure. And so you look at there's a list of uh so why aren't baseball stadiums six hundred feet? Because they stopped the fucking baseball. But these guys are all much stronger than they used to be. They hit it farther than they used to be. Okay, I don't know. I don't fucking We're not seeing Wrigley Field ran back another 50, 60 feet. We're not seeing Fenway what's, Park. What's your point? 50 what's your point? Feet. The fact that the athletes are much more athletic than they've ever been across all major sports. Sure. None of us are going to debate that. Correct. But yet we're not seeing that change. The 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 NBA hoop is not 12 feet. Okay, they slowed the ball down in tennis. You're going to give me a tennis argument? I'm just I'm just saying, if you want to start throwing other shit out there. No, they, but we're talking other, about... Other sports change all the time, McLean. In golf, it changes and people throw a fucking hissy fit. Other sports change rules every single year. They tweak equipment, change rules every year, and no one really says boo mm. about it. And then we do it in golf, and everyone has a fucking fit. Because there's just a better way to do it. There's a better way to do it. The baseball and the bat and major leagues has been the same forever. The basketball and the goal height has been the same forever. Um, there's no reason to change that. There's a way that from a golf standpoint, we have an easier ability to influence that while also making a lot of great venues. Great. Another thing to look at is that when we look at, you know, you you threw out that 35 million number earlier, no one needs to go in and change all 18 holes of their golf course to renovate this golf course. We're talking about potentially making a change on four to five holes of the golf course that bring in a more dramatic effect bringing a more of a risk reward situation, something that still is very playable for the everyday golfer, but also then gives the longer hitters 
more risk reward to take advantage of their link. I love the extra link. I love them being able to take advantage of it. I think it's fantastic. I think they should. Be I do too. I get nothing wrong with that. But on the backside of that, I don't want to shrink the pool even further. By doing so, we're making it harder for the shorter hitters to stay relevant. These oh, yeah. guys, I, I truly believe we are. Because it's the same thing that happened with the belly putter. There are certain guys that were negatively affected by this. McLean, the, ev- everyone's going to get shorter. The 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 long the you're talking about you're worried about the short hitter. You, you should be worried about them now. They don't make any money. The short hitter doesn't make any money. But let's, wanna, let's make it to where he can. Let's go ahead and make it to where he can. Let's make the more risk reward shots. Let's put some more uh, impactful situation for the longer hitter in play. Let's redesign four to six holes of a golf course that makes it to where hey, you're not able to just hit up. You know, it's not a forty yard wide fairway at three hundred and twenty yards. Let's shrink it down. Let's put a bunker in there. Let's run a ditch over near the, um, you know, near the outside of the golf course. The reason why Harbor Town's been successful, I know we beat that beat that dead horse at this point, but at the same time, they removed a lot of the rough, so they'll allow you to hit it hit it far. But the bottom and gouge doesn't necessarily take consideration because the ball keeps going. It goes into the pond. Yeah, yeah, I runs, love that. That's what it's That's what I fantastic, love. and I think there's more opportunity for us to do that. That's not going to change by rolling the ball back. That's not going to change by rolling the ball back. No, 100%. I, I disagree. All but, I'm saying is that. No, I mean, I don't, I, it's not, I mean, that's a product of changing the setup of the golf course. No rough trees, obstacles in play. It doesn't matter if that ball goes 10% less far on at Oakmont. Uh, you're either going to be, you're going to be 10 yards further in the rough or you're going to be 10 yards further back in the rough. So, you know, the, the, I, again, I, I, I think rolling the ball back is not going to help or hurt either one. I mean, ideally, it's probably going to hurt the the shorter hitter. Um, but by changing the golf course, changing the obstacles, putting a premium on ball control, not just distance, yes. ball control yes. is going to help even the playing field across across the board. So, say let's just say you take a, a Brian Harmon. I know he just won the the British Open, but if he hits it twenty yards. Uh, shorter than the next guy, but he's got way more control over his ball. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be better suited for a golf course like Hilton Head or or a place where the fairways are only twenty yards wide. Um, you know, whereas I mean, it's gonna be play, easier. To, it's gonna be easier to find those places when you roll the ball back. No, not necessarily. No, why? Why? Why would you think that? that because the pool of golf courses becomes greater. No, no, no. The amount I mean, of golf courses you golf can go course, to becomes they, greater. They, they go to these. I mean, every major championship, they give these guys a couple million dollars to to change the golf course however they want. I mean, that's right, well, just, well, Mar- just the four Marion's majors. going to be obsolete soon. The old course is now obsolete. Marion will n- will never be obsolete. obsolete. Yeah, because they narrow the fairways and they grow it up, and it's boring as fucking shit to watch. I mean, again, what, which, what do you want? You know, I mean, I'm you, telling you, you what pick, I want. You can't get both sides of it. You, you want, you want, it, you want it, players, what, what do you want? You want the it short, players are just short and narrow, and the, but you don't want short and narrow. You want, the I, I don't want short and narrow. If you go play Marion, if you go play Marion with a ball that goes 10, 10% less than it goes now, the same guys are going to win. Yeah. The, it the, doesn't the care about that. I don't care about benefit. who wins, guys. It's about the style that I'm watching on TV. But it, it it's about encompassing less style. It requires less style. It doesn't require them to shape the ball as much. It doesn't require them to control the ball as much. You're not. You're not getting my argument. To bomb and no, I'm, I'm not. Because the same it, guys it, are going to win if you short. I don't the, care you, about the the guys who win. 
I'm caring about the how they win. Not the same wins. style of player is going to win if you if you if you reduce Maybe the ball not. speed. It doesn't. It doesn't. I want. I want a more complete player to win golf. I want a more complete player to be able to have to win win a. a but if everyone, yeah, I don't. I don't think. Way, I don't think you're going to get that. With if everyone's affected the, the same way, you're going to get the same results. Okay. Does that not make some sense, though? I mean, you got to think about it. If everyone's affected the same way, you're going to get. We the same we result. we clearly do not agree on this. So clearly, but <laughs> at the same time, clearly. it's like if we. If we affect everyone the same way, the results don't change. The golf courses can change. The golf exactly. courses that you go to, yeah, that'd be change. great. That'd be great. That'd be great for the all golf right. So let's change. let's do all these renovations. We can close these golf courses. We can jack up everyone's dues and greens fees. <laughs> That's already <laughs> happened. That's already happened. Um, okay. Well, you're you're worried about the you're worried about the billionaire. Uh, what about manufacturers? What about, what about the the venues out there right now? Especially if you look at these tour venues. Um, that have multiple hundred thousand dollar initiation fees and waiting lists, and they're already doing renovations. If they knew they had the opportunity, I could guarantee you, I could find five of them right now that would be willing. Like, hey, wait a second, you, you're telling me I can get a tour event by adding in some more risk reward opportunity to my golf course? We can find the money for that because what they make that that week throughout the year will greatly overshadow a one time expense to do so. All right. Well, just come come calling when they're driving four hundred yard holes and we have nowhere to play golf. <laughs> we'll we'll talk when they roll it back and watch the all same these shit all these kids all these kids in college swing at one hundred and thirty miles an hour. Yeah, that's awesome. That may not benefit them on a on certain golf courses, and that's what we need to look at. It's more I mean, about the venues that we're choosing versus the continuing to make the golf courses longer and wider. And those kids, those kids come out of college every year. It hasn't changed for thirty years. Every kid comes out of college swinging. Not this fast. Oh, you ever heard? Not one hundred thirty miles an hour. I mean, uh, for the most part, kids are getting faster. The kids are getting faster and faster and faster. Sure, and so are the so are the players in the PGA Tour. They're all progressively getting faster. But the kids come out of college swinging faster than the average players on the PGA Tour, and they figure out that hey. If I have the, if there's enough obstacles in my way and there's enough hazards, I have to figure out how to hit the ball in the damn fairway. And they always back down every single year. They always back down. They're like, how do I hit the ball in the fairway? How do I hit the ball in play so I can compete against these guys who are beating my brains in that I'm hitting it 30 yards past? So there, there's definitely, and, and well, that uh, that hasn't changed. That's been the same way even since Tiger came on in, in the in the in the late '90s. I mean, the same thing has happened. Tiger hit it further back then than he did when he was when he was winning a bunch of tournaments in the early 2000s, and 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 still the the same trend. He's progressively gotten shorter, and almost every great player, if they've ever done anything, have progressively gotten shorter as they played on the PGA Tour because they realized the premium on hitting the ball in play. I'm not saying hitting the fairway, but hitting the ball in play so they can they can have control over the ball. So let's put a premium on having the ball in play to where you have control over your ball. If you I don't agree. if you don't have the ball uh in, in a position where you can you, you can hit the green or hit the green or hit it close to the hole, then you're not going to compete. So we can do that in a number of ways. We don't necessarily have to roll the ball backwards. We okay. can. That's we can the way. Have, that's the way I see is the easiest, right. quickest way we can do it right now. 
Well, sure. I would also argue that it would be easier for some of these top venues. Let's look at a Marion, for example. And I don't want to change what they've done, but they're financially sound. And I would okay. say it would be easier for some of these parkland courses to add in a ditch and a bunker versus adding in more, having to purchase more real estate and adding in an extra T to combat what they're currently having to. And I, I think it can be really easy for these billion dollar manu- manufacturers to figure out how to slow a golf ball down by a couple of miles an hour. And they have probably already know how to do it and probably already have. So I'm not worried about them. So it's just as easy for them to make changes as anyone else. I'm not else. worried about that. I'm more worried about what is better for the overall game. What what offers more competition to allow more players to be successful? Is it to have everyone hitting the driver in the same spot, or is it to have the guys no, that will hitting, never hitting their drive? No, hitting their drive in the same spot and allowing more players to be more competitive from a similar location. Or is it still to allow the long players to be more um, dominating by creating more length? Or is it better for the competition to allow a wider range of players to be successful by allowing the, some of the shorter hitters to be able to hit driver when some of the other guys have to hit driver, hybrid, three-wood, whatever it is, to lay back into a location that provides them more of a benefit statistically? I, I agree with almost everything you guys say from a golf course architecture standpoint. I, except for I don't like long rough. Like if we can have some wider fairways right. where balls balls run into trouble, balls run less. In, I'm fine with less rough. Into trouble. I'm, I'm good with, with that. Less rough. That's what like we're going. We're going to need the, all the trees they've taken out over the past ten years. What's that? We're going to need all the trees they took out in the last no, ten years. No, I'm I'm okay with you. I, like you guys said, putting hazards in play. I, I I'm not a tree guy. I'd rather hazards, not just hey, you hit it behind a tree in the rough. That's not fun to me. Yep. Right. I'd rather see someone navigate a, a hazard, hit it out of a fairway bunker, have wider fairways that balls can run into trouble, which you see at the British Open. Wider fairways where balls are running into trouble. They don't I'm have okay much rough that. there. And they're not and then I'm okay and with historically that. speaking, they're not very long. Yeah. And so, that's so, what that's why a guy like Brian Harmon can win, McLean. You said you're worried about Brian yeah. Harmon. Right. Right now, right now, the golf courses are set up right right now. They're set up for Brian Harmon to hit it in the hazards on the PGA Tour where the John Roms and Roy McIlroy's hit it over those hazards. So Great. I would argue that Brian Harmon's at a bigger disadvantage in the current game we have right now in September 12th, 2023. Brian Harmon's the hazards in his way are what there's way more in his way than they are in Rory because Rory's just hitting it over all these hazards. Correct. Sure. I agree. I'd agree. Brian Harmon, I'd agree. But and I agree with you hundred percent. You're exactly correct. And that's where I look at it. And I think you even made the point right there. We're talking about the golf course design and ultimately mm-hmm. saying that, all right, if those hazards weren't as impactful for the shorter hitter, but more impactful for the longer hitters, yes. it would allow and it would be a little bit more equal competition. Again, so we we agree on the golf course. We agree on Roughly, I think you guys agree on style of play. It would be nicer to see these guys have a more complete game. Do you not agree with me there? I do agree with you. And I think that offering a more penalizing effect over that 320-yard range would allow more players to be more competitive. I think you'd get a wider group of players on Sunday in contention for a golf tournament. And I think that would allow what we want to see is better competition. 
some guys that maybe historically we haven't seen be as yeah. competitive because they they don't have the 340 yard bomb that Rory and John Rom do. I think it would offer them an opportunity to say, "Hey, you can hit that shot, but buddy, you better hit it good. You better hit it and straight. If you do, and if you do, you're going to get rewarded. Rewarded, absolutely." Yeah. But I think yeah. also having these guys really have to think about what they hit off the tee and not being able to hit 14 drivers around would allow more guys that we don't know about that hit the ball the distance that Brian Harmon does become more competitive in the sport. And I think on Sundays we have more competition when it comes down to the back nine of the golf tournament. And so I, I, mean, I, 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 think, I think the easiest and fastest way to get to that is to adjust the equipment that these guys are playing with. But don't you understand that if that happens, that means Brian Harmon's going to be hitting even farther back than Rory and you're, you're yeah, going to penalize it's, the short guys too. No, it's no, going to penalize actually, the I, short guys. There's, there's argument. There's data out there. The argument is actually in favor of the short guys because we're talking the golf ball is going to go five to seven percent shorter. Well, five percent of Brian Harmon's drive is less yardage than five percent of Rory McIlroy's drive. And then, then they also forget to incorporate the distance into the green, so you also have to sure. take five to seven percent off of that. So yeah, I get that. Uh, yep, I and, I, that. I, and it's still if you do the percentages, it's across the board, off the tee into the I, green. I, I understand, that. and it's and it's the same. So the, it still is gonna. It's still not going to help the 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 short hitters at and all. And again, I don't. I don't want. I, I'm okay with a guy hitting it a long way and having an advantage there. I'm not trying to take away the long drive, the the Roy McIlroy's no, advantage of hitting Neither it. No, I, I, I agree. None I, of us are, I'm, but we're more worried about the fact that by doing this, I don't think we're going to get much of a difference in what we're already seeing. Exactly. Then why are we yelling at each other? Some, because we're, we're just saying that we don't need to roll the ball back. That's why. Yeah, because <laughs> where I look at it is that if we make some changes to some of these tour venues and it's going to take a while to do so, but if we make it more penalizing to hit that long drive, then all of a sudden they have to, they have to roll back what they're hitting off the tee. And think about the strategy a little bit more about the strategy more. Think about shaping the golf ball more. And now it allows a larger group of players to be competitive on the same golf course. So I, I agree with all that. I love it when a player has more options because right now there's no options. It's just, let's just grab driver and fucking hit it Mm -hmm. as hard as I can. Right. Mm -hmm. I love when a player has options. Those, when I play a a golf course or a golf hole where, the three of us could all stand on one tee box and play the whole three different ways. I mm-hmm. think that's great. I don't think that's golf. Absolutely. I don't think we have much of that in golf these days. And so I think when we first yelled about this with each other, when it first came out and argued, I, I actually said I, it's not going to do that much right now. But I think distance is so much of a problem that we have to put a speed bump on it. I think I use the analogy like five percent is about when the difference of when they play at in at Pebble Beach, sea level, thick air, the ball goes shorter, right? Than when they play in the desert or at mm-hmm. elevation. Th- these guys already deal with five to seven percent changes all the time in their distances mm-hmm. when they change venues and they go around the country in different parts of the year. So to me, it's more of the let's just put a governor on this for right now. And I think that's what the USGA is doing. They're like, okay, this is starting to get out of hand. It could be a serious problem. Let's just put a small governor speed bump. If you want to call it backwards, stopping it, roll back, whatever. We need to, I again, I do think distance is going to be a problem if it isn't already. So we have to do something. If it's a it's a 
speed bump to slow things down for a little bit, to let the powers that be or golf courses or architects have a little bit more time to figure this out, we need to figure it out because players are only going to hit it further in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Yeah, I mean, you know, no, I, I, I agree in the sense that uh, sh- should there be some parameters or some type of pause on the advancements on the speed of the ball? 100%. Do I think we but need that's to go what backwards? They, that's what they have to do because the reason the golf ball has been stopped for 20 years. They, they changed the parameters 20 years ago on the, the speed of golf balls. Off of, off of the driver face. Off of the driver face. Yes, but not the ball ago. itself. Yes, the ball itself. The testing, I that's mean, what they're doing. So the, the parameters, they've, they've switched it. I wish I had the numbers in front of me. They used to test golf balls at 114 miles an hour. They then switched the testing 20 years ago to 120 miles an hour. Is what they've been testing golf balls at, and they can only come off at a certain speed. The new testing is going to be they're going to now test at 127 miles an hour club head speed, but the golf ball can only go the same speed it does now. So if you're going to swing it seven miles an hour further, but the golf ball can only come off at the same speed it does now, it then, in theory, has to go slower. It has to roll back the speed. Okay, So the golf ball hasn't changed in 20 years, but the golf ball is going further than it did 20 years ago. Correct. So, that's all so the, you're, saying the, you're saying the golf ball is not faster than it was 20 years ago. It's not constructed faster than it was. Hmm. Okay. I mean, maybe I've, maybe I've gotten some as far as how they misinformed, but from, from what I understand, the ball has, has gotten faster progressively over the last 20 years. Not based off of uh, how they tested at 120 miles an hour. It has and this is about based off of the USGA. Off the robot testing. The ball is not any faster. But the the well, well, we've limited how faster. fast the ball will come off the face of a driver, but is this the same off That's of a three-wood, off of an iron, off of a, the coefficient. Uh, a wedge? I mean, What's that? that? It's it's it comes down to the coefficient. That's that's the big the big argument. Which is my understanding is is the coefficient is off is, of the driver. Is off of the driver. That's the big testing. That's whatever I mean, from my understanding that they don't test how fast the ball comes off of a three wood. So you can have a three wood that's hotter than a driver. They don't test the face of a three wood. They do test the golf ball at 120 miles an hour off a driver, and it has not gone faster in 20 years. Okay. But now guys are hitting it further because they're swinging it faster yeah and they and they always they always will get faster i don't want to penalize someone for being in better shape yeah i'm not trying to penalize someone for being in better shape no i i get where i get where you're going i just think that there's a better way for us to combat this i'm fine with putting a limit on where it is now i just think that there's a better way for us to combat this is offers more of an entertainment value to the sport and offers more of an, uh, a wider range of competition um, in tournament golf. That that's my argument, and I'll I'll leave that right there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I, the the way I understand it, when they talk about rolling the ball back, rolling back the speed at which the ball will come off, and going backwards, I don't, I don't, I'm, I, I'm, I don't agree with that. Um, and again, again, I have to fact check that, Mike, and see. Um, you know what your what your your quote was there on on the ball speed off of 
off of certain certain clubs. Um, that's not the way that I understand it. So I can look at it and, and figure it out. But the the fact of the matter is the guys are the guys are always going to get faster. They're all you're not going to stop how fast the ball is exactly. coming off the face. Exactly. So if that's not going to change, us us limiting this or rolling this back is not going to stop the the guys who are fast from being fast. What can we do to stop that? What can we do to combat that? What can we do to make the game more entertaining? What can we do to make guys hit more shots, control their ball more? We can change the landscape at which they play the game. We can we can add more obstacles. We can continue to to put a a premium on on control of the golf ball and not facilitate it by making you know you know uh, Firestone golf courses in Ohio that are seventy eight hundred yards and they're they're tree line and just straight shots right down the middle you know five hundred yard par fours if we can get rid of those then agree I agree with you yeah the game the game will be more entertaining because now a guy can't stand up with a driver and just hit it as hard as he can hit it in the rough and then hit a wedge on the green. Um, it's pretty boring in my opinion. Yeah, but every par four is going to have to but, be 400 yards. I mean, 500 yards, I mean. No, no. Well, we, we haven't had to do that at, at Hilton Head. We haven't had to do that yeah, at one, one One golf course. There's plenty there's of a, golf courses. There's, there's plenty. There's there's 150 golf courses in the U.S. right now that are not 7,800 yards that could host a PGA Tour event. The reason they don't host them is not because of the, the, the landscape and the layout and the architecture and the design. It's because they don't feel like they can get people around the golf course uh, and, and they can't get people in and out for parking and they can't get volunteers in and out. That's the problem. That's what I would argue. That's the number one factor for hosting a PGA tour event, which that's again, true. that's a, that's a PGA tour problem, not a, not a world of golf problem and a ball speed problem. That that's a PGA tour problem. Figure that out. And I would argue that we could figure that out pretty easily. Yes, I could. I mean, they played at Eagle Point in Wilmington. There's one road, one two lane road in and out of that golf course. And they, Found a way to do it. That's a great track. I caddied there as a kid. It's an amazing yeah. track. And who won that golf tournament? I can't remember. I think it was Brian Harmon. It was Brian Harmon. Imagine <laughs> that. Godzilla was Brian uh, Harmon with a uh, slew of great players in the field. But all of a sudden, the competition got a little bit greater because they had to shape their golf ball around that course and just couldn't bomb and gouge it. And all of a sudden, it brought in a lot more character in what they had to do off the tee and what they had to do around the golf course. Are we done? I guess so. I guess we're done. (laughs) I mean, it's only been an hour. You want to talk about it more? We can talk about it more and keep on saying (laughs) all three of us keep on saying the same thing if we want. (laughs) I, I guess we're done. I guess we're done. I don't know what else to say. We've all said the same thing three times, so I think we're done now. I just want to see better competition and more guys in yeah. contention on Sundays. Okay. Got it. Check. I'm <laughs> uh, 40 net. Just awesome event. Fall series, which doesn't really count anymore, except for the guys that are trying to get their tour cards. Um. How the mood has shifted. I have Zach Blair, 6,800. Uh, Maddie Schmidt, 7,000. Dylan Wu, 7,600. 
Bo, uh, sorry, Chez Revy, Re- Re- 8,500. Bo Hossler, 9,300. And Justin Thomas is going to play well, 10,500. Oh, um, you think he's going to play well? Oh, man. Hope you guys enjoy the golf this weekend. <laughs> Best part uh, of the game right there. That's great. That's that's great. Uh, McLean, you're you're the champion. Do you have uh you want to go list your picks? I've got my squad here. Look, I'm excited for the 40 net. You know, we're playing that Silverado out in Napa, really nice venue. Um, I'll go ahead and take over the announcement of this since you know we've got someone that's soured, it seems like. Um you know, the last person to do that was me, Mike, and I respect it. And I, I love I love that that's where you went with that. It's a good time. Um all right, so I do have one of the same players as Mike does. Uh, I do have Ches Reevy at eighty five hundred. Uh, we all we have Ches Reevy, by the way. My top pick though is Sahith Tagala, uh, guy who's played very well coming out of last season. I'm looking for him to play well again. Number two pick, kind of a sneaky dark horse, but when you talk about ball striking and you know having to shape it down the fairway, keep it in play. And ultimately, you know, it, it you just can't bomb and gouge it out at Silverado. Um, I've got Webb Simpson, 8,900. Mm. Uh, I also have Kevin Strillman at 8,000. Justin Lauer, 7,200. And Mackenzie Hughes at 7,500. So a lot of guys where it's going to take a lot of character and shot shape and club choices um, that I think are going to do well when it puts a real premium on quality driving of the golf ball and trying to keep it in play and, you know, how they shape their shot. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right. Um, We've got some overlapping players here, uh, all three of us. Uh, I do have Ches Revy as well, so that's a wash for all of us. So that's a big waste of a pick for all three of us. Um, I feel like I could have changed him um, at the last second, but that would have um, not been right. So I left him in there. Um, at the bottom, I've got uh, Sam Ryder, seventy six hundred bucks. I, other than the fact that uh, he, he's played decent as of late, I feel like he likes uh likes the west coast so um you know that's just a personal personal uh personal preference there and knowing him and and where he likes to play uh we'll see if that's that's accurate uh jump up to gary kigo i really don't know much about uh why i picked him he's he's played pretty decent as of late in the last three months um but he just kind of matched up so Cheston Hadley, another guy, 7700 bucks. Again, no no real rhyme or reason there other than just looking at past performance. He's played well, well the last three events. I, I know that's that's stretching back there to July. Really good shape so, golf ball. Yeah. Um, and then uh, jump up to um, Akshay Batia. I think this guy's a, a stud. Uh, again, he missed the cut at the Wyndham, 72-71, but before that, one at the Barracuda. Um, I think he was sour because he didn't get uh, get the nod for the FedEx Cup, but I think this guy's got something to prove. So um, I, I, I foresee him. I think he, if he doesn't win, I feel like he's going to finish in the top 10. Um, and then Sahith Gala again, I know McLean, you have him, uh, 9800 bucks. I think he's going to have a, a great week. So 
There you go. That's my squad. See what happens. Is this is this the start of the new the new year or is this doesn't count? We uh, fall. This doesn't count. Well, this doesn't count. This is this is uh, the silly season. We're gonna we'll uh, we'll start the new competition in, in January with the actual tour season. That's fair. That's you know, fair. It sucks, we're gonna, it, sucks, we're gonna... it sucks. This is not. You know, we don't have any designated events in the fall because, and this is a great venue that I think ultimately you would provide um, more dramatic effect if we had some of the longer hitters and some of the better players in the field that have to think their way around the course a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I think it will still be it will still be a good event. I think we'll have a uh, some really good uh, competition down the stretch. I wanted to get home in there, but I just. At what is the eleven eleven thousand bucks is just too expensive. I have a feeling he's going to play really well, and I mean, if he doesn't win, he's going to finish in the top five. But he's yeah. just too too pricey. He is too pricey. We but, don't have the CJ Cup this fall, which was usually a big dollar limited field event. Yeah, a bunch of the guys played in. Um, that's you have not the hero though. Do have the hero, which as we talked about two weeks ago, is a complete utter hit and giggle. Victor Hovland won <laughs> last year. There's only what eighteen guys playing that thing every yeah, year. Fucking eighteen man field. My Sunday group at the Foundry has more players in that tournament. Jesus, <laughs> this is not even a live, not even a live event. <laughs> uh, well played, well played. Uh, um. All right, that was just tons of fun. Um, <laughs> two hours later, we talked golf. We talked golf, Mikey. What what bourbon do you have left? <laughs> as he as he as he downs the, the his little thistle. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to bed, folks. <laughs> all right, boys. Chance. That was that was that was a ton of fun. Yeah, that was, aw- that was so fun. It was awesome. Yeah, they used to sign off the uh what was that uh what was that show? The the life of the riches. It's be champagne and caviar, gents, bunkers and ditches, grown up rock. <laughs> I could, could be a Jets fan. So I guess that I guess I had that you, going for me. You could be a Jets fan. You could be a fucking Redskins fan, although we did win. This weekend, amazingly, it looked literally. I had the red. Awful. I had the Redskins in my eliminator. I was like, "No fucking way are they going to lose this game," and they almost did. And, and they didn't gone. cover. I I picked them. It was plus seven. And they won by seven points. It was a fucking. It was like kissing your sister. It's like fuck. This is awful. I saw a jersey collection of all the Redskins QBs. It's like forty jerseys. It was incredible. It's unbelievable. There's a, few, there's a few organizations that can do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Patriots are not one of them. At at one point, we put all our all our meat on Jason Campbell. That'll tell you all you need to know. There's been worse. Yeah. All right. Cheers, fuckers. All right, boys. Sleep tight. 